Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. Just had a great conversation with Jason Hartman. Thank you so much, Jason. What a great conversation we had. He'll be posting that video up here, I imagine, the next few days. And when he does, I'll grab the link and share it with you guys. But uh, met Jason down there at the Rebel Capitalist. And I tell you, man, it was so fun going down there to the Rebel Capitalist and meeting all these wonderful people and being able to now do collaboration videos it's just, uh, man, it's just, it's so awesome. I mean, I just love this network that's getting built. It's just incredible. Um, thought I'd just kind of go off a little bit today talking about some of the things that I've been uh, coming across. And I'll leave a bunch of links down in the description for you guys to this stuff. But the number one thing that I found this morning that I really wanted to, to bring up and talk to you guys about was steel production. Looks like there is a huge supply of steel out there. Inventory has risen dramatically. And now this is something that I said was going to take place. I didn't know it was going to happen in steel, and I didn't know when it was going to happen. All I know is is that what I saw taking place inside of the lumber industry, I just had a feeling that it was going to take place throughout the rest of the economy. And now what took place in lumber is that we saw a huge shortage take place prior to COVID. There was a major inventory depletion taking place. It was all through throughout 2019. And... When COVID hit and stimulus checks came out and everybody ran down to the lumber yard and pretty much bought the place out of lumber, there was a huge shock to the system. Inventory levels dropped even more. And in March of 2020, I could not find pressure-treated lumber for my yard. And I work at a retail lumber yard and I do pretty much stock orders on Monday. Called up my vendor. I said, hey, man, I need a bunch of 4 by 4s 2 by 6s stuff. This was back in March of 2020. He said, I'm sorry, I can't send you any of that stuff. I just don't have it available. So we knew a long time ago that there was going to be a huge price increase coming to lumber due to those shortages that were happening there. And I said it then. When the prices ran up, people were saying, this is the Federal Reserve and all the money printing and stuff. And I said, nope, this is a supply chain breakdown that was taking place. Give it some time, the inventories will rise, and that price is going to drop, and it's going to drop dramatically. That's exactly what we saw happen back in, what was it, August, I believe it was, of just this year, just this last year in 2021. And we saw the prices go from 1700 per thousand all the way down into the 400 per thousand. It was a dramatic drop. It was one of the biggest drops in lumber history. If I remember right, I think it's the biggest one since the early 90s as on a percentage basis. Now, lumber prices have moved back up, and they moved up dramatically. I mean, they went from 400 per thousand just earlier in the summer to here we are up over 1,000 per thousand today. And now it's like a little after the new year. It's January 21st, I believe. January 20th, 21st, something like that, of 2022. So the prices are incredibly volatile, incredibly volatile. But we know that there's a huge demand for lumber coming from all the home building that needs to be done out there. I mean, there is like a shortage of like, what, a million houses a year or something? I mean, I forget what the the number is for the amount of houses that were short in production, but it's like a huge amount. It's very dramatic. Now, I have to think, yeah, there's a huge demand for cars out there right now, too. But I just came across an article from Toyota are talking about Toyota saying that they're going to cut back dramatically on their production. Main reason, they can't get the parts to make them. They cannot get enough parts 
or enough of the correct parts in order to assemble, assemble these cars. So the steel manufacturers, they know there's a huge demand for cars out there. But there's not a huge demand for steel if they're not actually building cars. And that's something that I think is probably going to be rippling through the rest of the economy in many different ways. And all we have to do is just look at some of these, some of these commodities like lumber, like steel. And we can see that, you know, the lumber prices, we knew there was going to be a situation. We could see it all happening if you pay attention to it every day. And even back when lumber prices were running up, they were saying it then. Why, why is it that loggers aren't getting as much for the timber? Like the trees themselves did not go up in price, but yet the lumber did dramatically. Well, kind of like what we're seeing in the steel industry. Just a few months ago, six, seven, eight months ago, we were talking about how iron ore prices had were starting to drop and drop dramatically. And they got to a point where, like, the iron ore prices were going to cause the input costs going into these manufacturers to drop. We knew that competition was going to rise. I mean, this is something that we had talked about. So now here we are. We're in that situation. All these steel manufacturers who knew that there was going to be a huge demand for their product are now sitting on a massive amount of inventory. Right? This is the bullwhip effect. This is what's rippling through the economy right now. And now what's really scary about it is, is that the Federal Reserve is talking about raising interest rates. We knew that they were going to raise interest rates. That was something that I had said a long time ago, and people said I was crazy, that the Federal Reserve was never going to raise interest rates, that they were never going to back off on their quantitative easing, that they would never like reduce their balance sheet. There's people who are probably still going to say this that today. They're wrong. They will do it. They will not do it to the to the level that people are saying they're going to do it. Like there is no way that they're going to get six, seven, eight percent out of the Fed funds rate. It's not going to happen. In fact, I would be surprised if they even got a couple of percentage points on the Fed funds rate. Most likely, they're not going to be moving it much at all. But they will convince everybody that they're going to be moving it because you can already see it happening. People like just go and look at some of the articles that are out there talking about the Federal Reserve and how they are going to be raising rates like extra rates, like extra, extra high rates. I mean, it's just like everybody's talking about what the Federal Reserve's interest rate hiking is going to look like, not if they're going to do it, but how much and how, you know, and when that's going to happen. So once everybody is convinced, well, then they'll start behaving in a fashion as if the Federal Reserve has already done it. And by the time it comes ready to raise rates, they may be looking out at us and saying, you know, things are really starting to slow down out here. China's not doing that great. You know, the retail sales have fallen a lot. The interest rates rising has caused, like, you know, the mortgage markets to be a little questionable. We may not just raise interest rates quite yet. I could really see that happening. In fact... You know, somebody had mentioned in one of the comments of like, I don't know, the last video, the video I put up before, they said, why did you say possibly raise rates? And I didn't even realize that I had said it, that I said the word possibly raise rates when it came to the Federal Reserve. But when I got to thinking about it, it was just like, yeah, because it is a credible threat at this point. And that the idea of them actually being able to raise rates into this environment is probably pretty unlikely, but they got everybody convinced that they'll do it. And I'm sure that if, you know, people weren't convinced of the raising of rates, then they would raise rates. 
Like if the people weren't convinced of it, they would just go ahead and do it. They have the credible threat. They might even establish that credible threat by actually moving a little bit. But the idea that they're going to be doing a lot of it, I just don't see that happening. But people will be convinced of it. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.